friends, welcome to this episode of the MakeWell Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who's practicing creativity in their daily life so that they can live a life of purpose and passion. Each week, we'll be interviewing Midwest makers that will unveil the behind the scenes of their journey and lessons along the way. We hope their stories help you live a creative life and inspire you to start today. Hey makers, welcome to the Make Well Podcast. This is Ashton and today we're so excited to welcome a very special guest. He's a lover of the great outdoors, a water sport enthusiast, and is the owner of Mighty Missouri Coffee Company in Bismarck. Please help me welcome today's guest, Brian Jackson. Thank you. How's it going? <laughs> it's going really well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited to hear your story. Awesome. I feel like we should have coffee brewing, but today we just have water. So. Hey, that's no problem at all. No problem at all. Awesome. Well, maybe let's just kickstart with who you are and what you do today. Yeah. Well, um, I'm Brian Jackson, and I started Mighty Missouri Coffee as a coffee roaster in um, 2012 and have been, I, I'm kind of an unlikely business owner, I think. <laughs> um, I've been very entrepreneurial, like looking back through my whole life, so it's not like a surprise. But, uh, but, but I'm really living and learning, I think is a good way to describe what I do. <laughs> As any entrepreneur does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, every every uh, entrepreneurial story that like I've heard you talk, interview or, or elsewhere, it's like I've, I can relate. I've, ident- I've identified with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really great. So we're going to kind of go back to the beginning. Um, where I want to hear what was your first either creative passion or problem solving as a kid? Like what were you kind of jazzed about growing up? Yeah, I I think I was really creative as a kid, and I had a lot of different outlets because I grew up in Hazen, which is a small town, twenty five hundred people, and I, <laughs> I, I'm small town North Dakota through and through. But um, when I was in high school, I started a business called Action Paintball Supply. Oh, <laughs> because when I was in high school, everyone got into paintball, and we just every kid wanted to play paintball. We live in Hazen, and so there's no place to get paintballs, fill CO2 tanks, anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I wasn't, like, really thinking about, like, (laughs) starting a business. Yeah. But it was just – or or even thinking of it as a business. It was really just – it, 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 we needed it to play. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there's like a bunch of farm kids out there and we would play at their at their parents' farms and stuff. And and uh, I just um, filled people's CO2 tanks and sold them paintballs for like, <laughs> really, no one taught me business. It yeah, was like, I wasn't yeah. making mu- much money, sure. you know, that kind of thing. It was really just to get people um, to play. And so that was like, man, I was living my dream as a, like, <laughs> as a sophomore in high school. Like, yeah. you know, I bet you were the cool kid on the block. <laughs> I no, I, no, I really was not. <laughs> I'm positive of that. But, um, but, but we like the, the family lived, uh, they're still there, live on the edge of town. And so there's mm-hmm. like woods behind there. And, um, it was just, it was just fun. We'd have like 40 kids come oh my gosh. and we'd play paintball and yeah. I mean, it was just kind of a goofy thing. I haven't played since then, but it was that, that was like very clearly the first, um, entrepreneurial thing I did. And, mm-hmm. and I, I was creative, like I said, but, um, I think that, and I had never really thought of like starting a business as a creative thing, but I, I think it very much is, you mm-hmm. know, I went into communications because I liked 
video and creating and, and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it was just kind of tr- to try to flex those muscles to start something. Mm-hmm. But then when you, you know, actually get into something like when I, when I really started a business for, for serious, you know, yeah. <laughs> to be serious and, <laughs> and to make money and not just play around. Um, I learned how much I didn't know because it was just that creative sure. side that, that I was really interested in at, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you said that kind of led you to communications in college. Was that kind of like something that you really were passionate about or was it kind of like, well, this is my first step and I'll kind of figure it out? Um, a little bit of both. I, I, <clears throat> super excited and passionate about communication, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of funny, but I, I mean, I, mean I, went to, I went to BSC to do generals because I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, that's sure. the, the Bismarck kid thing to do. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and it's great. And so I, there was this, uh, I love water sports and to get through the winters, you have to figure out, you know, you have to be creative about yes. how to get through the winters <laughs> here. And um, I would watch these surfing videos um, like the surf DVDs and there's just these, these guys who went around traveling the world and, and surfing. And, wow. uh, this, this guy, Matt Beecham is, is, is a, was a big influence to me. I thought like whatever he's doing. So I looked into the company <laughs> that was doing it and, uh, and I was like, wanted an internship. So I'm like, it, they needed a communications thing. So I'm like, I don't know, try that. Yeah. And since then I've uh-huh. reached out to Matt and told him <laughs> it kind of spiraled into this this journey and and he was really really kind so oh that's sweet yeah so you're doing this internship and that really kind of confirmed it for you well I didn't so that's the funny thing is uh I that's what made me decide that I wanted to do that like to get to go into it and then by the time I'm a senior and can do an internship that company had gone defunct Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the the program I was in was really I think incentivized to kind of funnel you into news and uh, oh sure and and I just had really no interest in that so I mm-hmm. I kind of followed the marketing route which oh, okay. was I I was excited about that and really I am passionate about that because that is a super creative thing so I was like mm-hmm. learning everything I could about creative suite and. And, and all of that. And I, I worked at a company in town um, and uh, a f- quickly growing company in town. But I just had this creative itch to do something on the side on sure. my own, of my own. Yeah. Sure. So when you went to that marketing company, was that a full time job or? It was a full time job. It wasn't a marketing company. It was actually a, a, a Frontier Precision in town. They, they were well, headquartered in town and they sell surveying equipment. Uh, GIS, like high-end mm. spatial imaging, that kind of stuff. Stuff I didn't know anything about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I learned a lot about marketing in that, and that was a quickly growing company. It's and, sure. But I was kind of the marketing department. Oh, okay. And coming straight out of college into that. Yeah. I think there maybe just wasn't enough structure for me to know what's okay and you know what yeah. what what I should do, and and so in in that environment, I just I, I guess I was just kind of like second guessing myself but I really knew I wanted to do something creative and something you know Mm -hmm. so as I was building something in the in my spare time whatever that would be yeah so what were those things (laughs) oh boy it was well eventually it became mighty Missouri blank company okay (laughs) you're like "Ah." (laughs) and so I mean it was really it was really just supposed to be something in my spare time after hours like e-commerce was was interesting and Mm -hmm. so what could I sell and you know I think I think a lot of people I mean, 
probably kindred spirits with, with a lot of creatives and, and kind of exploring those things and learning, okay, well, you could try that. The investment's so huge. I don't have any money. What, what do you do? You know, and, and so, so it was always just kind of something I was just thinking about. And then eventually it just became like, I need a, I need a change. And, uh, and the coffee thing was really interesting to me. And there were people doing it well. Um, mm that I knew of in, in South Dakota and, and kind of, it was introduced. And there were people who weren't doing it well, but were, <laughs> were doing, I thought maybe a big business of it. Oh, sure. So I even job shadowed those guys and like, man, okay. if I could just do half of what you guys are doing, yeah. you know, maybe I could squeeze out a living and uh-huh. really enjoy it. And so that's kind of how it, how it began. Nice. And did you grow up drinking coffee? Did you get into it in college? Where did it really begin? Well, I grew up watching my dad drink like inordinate <laughs> amounts of coffee. He's, <laughs> yeah. a, he's a doctor and, and I think that's just kind of like a pot or two in the morning, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I got into it in college. Like I liked it. I, I sure. drank it because I needed it. I didn't know much about like the coffee world, sure. certainly not much about the coffee world at all. And and once I kind of stepped in, I like, took that initial step into um, looking at it as as, as a business. Mm-hmm. I learned. I mean, it's such a huge world, and so many coffee companies have kind of crafted their own niche in that world. Um, but there was something called third wave coffee. If you think of like the first wave of coffee being Maxwell's House and Folgers mm-hmm. and those types of things, and then the second wave being Starbucks. Yeah. You know, thirty years ago, at least thirty years ago in Bismarck. <laughs> If someone asked you what you were drinking and you said a cappuccino, like that's unheard of. People yeah. kind of raise their eyebrows, but that's the second wave. And then the third wave is really looking back to the origin of the coffee. This is where it's grown, how it's grown, why, and when, mm-hmm. why it tastes like this. Now that, that was really interesting to me. Yeah. And I thought certainly new. Um, so I, I, the more I looked into it, the more I learned even from a number standpoint, if I'm going to do this, because originally who could roast coffee for me? And I, I just want to, build the brand, you know, sure, and just sure. it's going to be a part-time thing after I just don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to flex those creative muscles and give me an outlet. And then, yeah. uh, the more I learned like, well, I'm young. I don't have many responsibilities. If you're going to do a business, do it now. Yeah. And if you're going to make a business work, you're going to have to be the manufacturer. Like I'm mm-hmm. going to have to be the roaster. Sure. Um, because there's just you know, no one wants to, <laughs> I'd be a middleman of a middleman, you know, oh, that sure. kind of thing. Yeah. You wanted end. more so ownership over it. Ownership over it. And, and, uh, and just the opportunity to sell coffee, you know, yeah. because eventually it's going to be, especially a new product price so high that, and, and without having a storefront, sure, it was, it was just not feasible. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned that you kind of watched these other businesses in South Dakota, or they let you come in and mm-hmm. kind of, how did you approach them i think a lot of people have these ideas and maybe they're even getting serious about it but they're you know like what do i do next or how do i talk the actual business side of things like who's going to be open about that so what was that process like well there was one company that i had just some some connections to Mm -hmm. i I knew what they were up to they were in south dakota and um and they were one ones that like i think they probably saw me as someone who they could get to i don't know either work for them or like help them in some way or just, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I would be a middleman for them. Oh, sure. So I, I think that's kind of, it, it, it was really organic, you know, like, can I come 
hang out. Yeah. You know, and I think they saw an opportunity to sell coffee to me. And so they were sure. really, they really inspired me to, to get into coffee because I think that some of the, the numbers that they said or told me weren't completely accurate. Oh. You know, I think, I <laughs> yeah. think it's painting I, I'm, a good picture. Yeah. Painting a very good picture. <laughs> And so I, I was I was pretty eager and excited at that point, but 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 then I I knew of other people who were doing coffee very very well and made mm-hmm. a, a had a really really great reputation, and so those guys I introduced myself to, told them what I was up to and interested in doing, and they actually like, well first I was job shadowing, just able to come work with them, mm-hmm. and then they kind of created a class for me. Oh so, nice! So I just kind of spent the week there and learned Mm -hmm. how to roast what the business was like, that type of thing. And then after that, I took another class of like a a harder class of roasting and like learning the the craft and what I need Mm -hmm. to do. So nice. So at this point, I'm, I'm thinking you're pretty serious about it. When did you take that first step of like, okay, this is a business. We're going to go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I talked to my dad a lot about it and what I was doing and, and, and the opportunities. Like, he, he's pretty, he's absolutely very helpful to me and, and wants to support me and, and what, I, what I'm doing. And so I talked to him about this kind of, I was even kind of embarrassed about it. Like, I'm thinking about starting a business <laughs> and thinking about it being coffee. And he was really, he was really interested. And so he actually, the, the next class that I took, he... Uh, it was in Boston, and he okay. took it with me because he oh, was interested. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, so the both of us went to Boston together and learned how to roast at International Coffee. And when I was getting back, I was looking at um, starting to roast, but I was looking at you know really small coffee roasters, um, sure, like a couple pounds. This is this was oh. my budget, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And uh, and I think my dad understood more what I was getting into than, than I probably did. And so he helped me get started with the business with the same roaster that we were trained on. Oh, there. nice. Which in the end, I mean, if it was going to be a manageable business at all, that would like a business should make money. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, maybe, you know, keep you have working. To hit a certain or... quantity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it was just, you know, I'd be sitting at that roaster all day to produce any coffee. You know, mm-hmm. certainly that would be uh, worth worth like a living. So when mm-hmm. we started that, that that was kind of the first the first big dive. And then I learned. I mean, I said like I'm living and learning. Well, I think starting a manufacturing company, which is mm-hmm. what in the end I did, um, is a heavier lift than I was expecting. Oh um, sure. And there's just there's so many different elements. And so that's uh, I think I think then. Uh, doing something special, but then, and and especially being interested in marketing, but having like now do all those things that you want to do on a shoestring budget. That was kind of my, (laughs) my big thing there. And that, that was the big challenge. And I think the, the real heartache of, of starting a business and everyone goes through it, I think as you're growing, Mm -hmm. fortunately it was like kind of a quicker growth in, in the first couple of years enough so that I was able to you know, start doing that as my thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, I had part-time jobs before and was kind of splitting between. Sure. And uh, and then it became like, this is what I'm doing, a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. But then I was all alone, you know? So yeah. there's there's like, there's a lot of like peaks and valleys to entrepreneurism mm-hmm. and that yeah, I yeah. felt them all. <laughs> <laughs> so how long um, into the coffee journey did you quit your job doing marketing at the other group? Um, well, I'd kind of... 
so that's the other thing is the my boss there uh, really helpful kind of took me under his wing in a lot of ways like uh, he was interested in what I was doing and and helped um, allowed me to to go from a you know salaried position to uh, part time and then oh, nice. and then I told him like well I might <laughs> I wonder if I could do something more because I yeah. learned like the numbers weren't there and I uh-huh. still needed to live but. Um, and I was like, you know, just fresh out of college too, so I, it's no problem. Yeah, but um, yeah. but uh, he was really helpful, and he was a, also a, a, the head coach at uh, Century High School, Dennis Kemisat, who I'm talking about. And he and he, uh, he needed an assistant coach, so he helped me oh. there. And then I was an assistant coach uh, for him mm-hmm. there. So I was doing that. I was doing marketing, and I was doing freelance. And, so, <laughs> and then I was spending the rest yeah. of the afternoon at the coffee roaster desperately trying to sell coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know that you mentioned you you knew you wanted it to be Mighty Missouri something. Mm-hmm. So I guess what's the inspiration behind that? So I I mean, like I said, I grew up in Hazen, which is not far from the lake, Lake Sakakawea. And every weekend or every every chance I can get, I'm on the lake. Like mm-hmm. that's Same. just my thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I knew that it had to be something like that. But Lake Sakakawea coffee is just kind of like, that's more of a hazen thing. And it's hard to say or spell and yeah, people and disagree about people it. Just, there's a right way and a wrong way. Yeah. I know the right way. We don't have to get into it. Oh boy. <laughs> we don't have to get into it. But yeah, I mean, uh, so so I knew it had to be something like that. It's on the Missouri River system and, mm-hmm. and the mighty Missouri. I just, I've always liked that idea. And yeah. And then I, I was playing around with like, well, mighty Mo for short, mighty Mo Coffee Co. Oh, I kind of like kinda it. Rhymes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So. Awesome. Yeah. So when you first started, did you said you were alone how mm-hmm. long was it until you were able to have that first employee or what did it kind of take for you in order to have that first staff member yeah i mean i so when i started it i'm i'm a team player anyway like mm-hmm. for me to work alone is is a real challenge but also for me not to be able to like just bounce ideas off of someone else 100% that's really really hard so my biggest prayer, like starting, was I need a team. <laughs> so I was like right away when I realized, okay, well, it's gonna be a while before I can pay myself, much less sure. a team. Yeah, or exactly. just like <laughs> one other person. I was like, maybe I need to get investors, maybe you know, mm. just something to build this thing. But I didn't yeah. know what I was doing oh, from yeah. a business standpoint. So it's really fortunate that I didn't <laughs> go get investors. <laughs> I would have fallen on my face, but. Um, it was two years, or maybe maybe just over a year, before I got my first part-time employee. It was very part-time, like mm-hmm. 10, 15 hours a week. Sure. Like someone coffee-oriented and really did help me get started, get the confidence to, to, you know, step into some other areas and stuff. So that sure. was that was really critical. But it was it was even before I was paying myself um, a decent wage. But it, it was really important. Yeah. And then just only three three years ago that I got my first full-time employee at the roaster. Okay. And and since then we'd opened some coffee shops and had other employees too. So that was a mm-hmm. huge blessing. Yeah. And was it hard to find the beans or how is that? What's that like? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's funny when I, when I was learning all this stuff, I didn't know the language I was, I was really studying. I was learning sure. as much as I could. I, there, there's a lot of help now because especially nowadays there's a lot of micro roasters popping up. 
So there's there's a lot of importers. So it's not like direct trade, talking to farmers in different languages, oh, sure. things like that. So I was able to to hook up with um, a couple of importers right away. And the class that I took in Boston, they also were importers. So they kind of were quick to help and help me understand that type of thing. And when I started, I was buying um, spot offerings. So, you know, rather than buy a freighter of shipping containers oh, <laughs> of yeah. coffee, um, these bigger importers are kind of taking that chance, taking the risk of the logistics and everything okay. else. And then I can just say, I want a bag of that and a bag of that, mm -hmm. you know, and just like small quantities, especially to start up. Um, so you really don't have a, a whole lot of overhead for, for coffees. And, and now what I do is just contract coffees. So I'm, sure. I know how much I'm going to need for mm -hmm. over the year and I, and, and I have them warehoused. So, but yeah. I didn't know when I started that there's kind of a whole other world there. <laughs> and yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I was too proud when I, when I started, like I didn't want people to know just uh how naive i was <laughs> so yeah it's just too bad <laughs> lesson learned right yeah lesson learned <laughs> so from like a community standpoint was it you know did it take off right away was it accepted or was there was there an education that kind of needed to happen um well certainly there was an education that needed to happen and and i think like looking back at and even the the harder things that that happen, I'm I'm thankful for them. Um, in retrospect, because it, it got it caused me to to get a lot of grit, which mm. doesn't come naturally to me. Sure. And so I think, especially we we started the storefront, we started the manufacturing side, and and we I mean we've really f made a lot of mistakes on the way, and those used to be like major hurricanes to me like these are these are huge problems and now <laughs> yeah. I, I think i think it's served me to have some some grit and uh when something comes up it's like something's mm -hmm. gonna come up every day it's fine yeah it's fine we're gonna be okay you know <laughs> but what was your question <laughs> Sorry, i, <laughs> no, I, I okay. went on a little tangent there <laughs> um i was just curious like because you you know you're passionate about the marketing and yeah. all that kind of thing. So, did did oh, you have to off. do a lot of that? Did it take off right away? Um, what was that process like? So so when I started, this is not the way I would recommend getting a product out there. But um, I I was asked to uh, a quick little story. I was asked to to help with uh, North Dakota Teen Challenge is putting on this concert, and so I was going to help. Like I, I volunteered to help be the driver. It okay. was Matthew West was the, the headliner. Oh, yeah. And um, it was at Shiloh School, and it was like a sold-out gymnasium. And I was brand new. I, like, I just had my brand new sample shirt. It was Mighty Missouri Coffee. <laughs> just the like, single shirt, right? It's just the single shirt to see if I wanted to order more. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? exactly. <laughs> From Dakota Screen Arts. And so I was just wearing it. Like, of course, I'm going to wear it. It's a brand yeah, new thing. So I'm just going to start. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just the driver for the day. And then he came up to me, Matthew came up to me like towards the end of the day and, and, uh, thanked me for my help. And then he's like, he's like, is that, what, what's that mighty Missouri? Is that around here? Is that local? And I mm -hmm. explained what I was up to. Yeah. And he's like, well, sweet. You're starting off with a, with a cool shirt. I want one. So then I'm <laughs> like, well, it wouldn't hurt to have him wear a shirt, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's marketing 101. I knew uh, that, get him a shirt. So I called Dakota Screen Arts, like, are those shirts done? And I raced down, guessed his size and mm. came back and got him. Well, I went to the tour manager and I'm like, I think Matthew asked for this. And yeah. uh, so then that night in front of a sold out crowd, um, he was wearing my shirt, you know, it was really nice. cool. Under his leather jacket, I could see okay. it. And I was yeah. just like, to my friends, like, he's wearing the shirt. It was really, <laughs> really sweet of him. And, uh, 
and then he he like talked about it after he took his he took his jacket off and he was like this is a a new company that's coming to Bismarck and it's a friend wow. of mine and it's my favorite coffee <laughs> and what a guy I, yeah I know I talked to him I talked to him for 15 seconds like a yeah. quick elevator pitch oh my gosh and uh, he talked about me for two minutes on stage which is <laughs> significant oh yeah and um, and then people were asking where they could get the coffee. Like people afterwards, sure. would, would I had a website and people were asking where they could get the coffee, and I didn't have any retailers because I had gone to you know Dan's supermarkets around here and originally they had said they would they were interested and then as soon as I like actually had coffee they were like no way we're not <laughs> oh going to carry anything and you're like all this of is these, why like, what <laughs> exactly and, uh, and and then I reached out uh, then they reached out to me. Because mm. people were, were asking. asking. Yeah. Nice. So when people were reaching out to me for, you know, at, at MightyMoCoffee.com, then they were, I, I would say, like, they're asking where they could get coffee. And I was like, well, ask Dan's. Because <laughs> I, I knew that they yeah. were they were really good if, if you wanted a product mm. and you're asking. So they were really excited then. A week later, you know, the, he sent me an email and I was like... He's like, I heard you're making coffee, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, oh my god, we were just talking. You know who I yeah, am. Yeah, yeah. What? Kind of <laughs> but um, to their credit, and, and then I was trying to get like one or two coffees, one or two skews in Dan's. Okay. And uh, they came back and basically gave me like an, an entire row. And oh, this wow. was like right when I started at all of their different stores. So wow. it it was like. For me, that I mean, it's definitely a faith element to what, like, this is a faith experiment, you know, for mm-hmm. me. And, and that was just sort of like a, a pat on the back, like, you know, good for you stepping out. Like, mm-hmm. that at least I'm on the right path, yeah. even though, you know, there's going to be some challenges. So that that was a good thing. And um, and then I think it's been, it's been that's my, my tallest order now is to kind of um, continue to get the product out, especially in a market now that's super, super saturated. There's sure. more and more coffee, not only not only in Bismarck, but yeah. um, everywhere. But uh, I mean, especially in Bismarck, there's no shortage of coffee places, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So then when they gave you this whole row, did you only have like a couple different flavors and then you had to really no, quickly... I had, so I had... Uh, I call it the Mighty Series. I had Mighty Morning, Mighty Moonrise, and Mighty Mo. Okay. And uh, those were available in whole bean or ground. And each of oh, those okay. was a different skew. Yes. And yeah. honestly, like, it was super naive of me to get into the business this way, but I had talked to them earlier before I had the roaster installed, any of that kind of stuff, just to, oh. like, start on the business model and yeah. uh, the business plan, which is laughable now, but um, <laughs> they... Uh, uh, they they had said yeah we'd be we'd be interested in that like enough that it wasn't like signed documents but it was sure. enough for me to say all right they're in yeah you know yep. and so spend uh, some money <laughs> and and I was just thinking like okay we'll just get you a couple you know just to get going but um they were really they were really nice about it in the nice. end so yeah and did that lead to other retailers it did but um I would go so I didn't have a distributor so. <laughs> And, and the way grocery works, which I didn't know, I, I was like, hey, for reorders, mm-hmm. just contact me here and I'll and I'll send it your way. Sure. Send it or drop it off or whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in grocery, uh, they're not stocking their shelves necessarily themselves. It's, it's the distributors that come in and do that and check mm-hmm. and they're in every week. So um, every Friday, I'd go to every dance in the state and uh, check their stock and wow. replace it. So I was in my 
little Ford Escape behind <laughs> a Pepsi semi, behind like all these semis. Oh I would wait for them to check in all of their pallets. Oh and then my. I'd come in holding a box, a small <laughs> box of coffee. And uh, I think they were frustrated with me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Some coffee, let me through. And um, I hated I hated dropping off coffee at grocery stores because I would, and I would check all the time, but um, I needed to to get any margin, you know, sure. of, of what I was doing. And then, and then eventually got a distributor, which was like kind of a iffy thing for me because sure. it's, it's a quantity then, ba- yeah. rather than um, rather than just me because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they're taking a little bit more. So so yeah. right away it was Brian Jackson stocking the shelves. Uh, yep. yep. <laughs> I love that. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you're able to get a distributor. <laughs> yeah. It was necessary. So, <laughs> cause then, cause that can that same distributor go to multiple locations then? Yeah. And so now we're distributed in a five state region and in, in wow. many, many grocery stores. And so that's, that's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but right away the, the goal for me was, you know, and the creative side for me was to build a brand and I wanted people to to seek out Mighty Missouri Coffee. I like this coffee and I like this brand and and it was never to be um the best coffee in the world. I I, I want to that that's my job to make it the best, yeah. but I I wanted it to be people's favorite because there's so many sure. options and there's a difference there, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh and 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 I guess that's that that was the big challenge of getting started in the the retail option was there, but the majority of what I was selling was like wholesale to different coffee shops where it's not necessarily mm-hmm. my brand of like Mighty Missouri Coffee. Yeah. It was it was this coffee shops, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was the big challenge of, you know, how do people get Mighty Missouri and what mm-hmm. where can they get that? So that that's what, what what we were working through. Yeah. And I know eventually you did start a coffee shop. Yes. Um, so what was that decision like? So um, there's a bike shop in, in town here. It was then called Epic Sports, now now 701 Cycle. And they had a brand new location with a coffee bar kind of in it. That was part of their structure and design. And I knew that yeah. that was an opportunity for me, but I didn't love the location. And I was a one-man band. Like, how am I going to do that? Sure. So I sat on it, mm-hmm. knowing that it was an opportunity. And, and there was another guy in town um, here on BC Bagels. And I was just such a big fan of BC Bagels. And uh, he was looking for a new location. And so we talked about doing something together mm-hmm. where I would bring the coffee and he'd bring the bagels and we'd just do something separate. And so we were looking at space. And at that time in Bismarck, there <clears throat> there just wasn't a whole lot available. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, why don't you look at that coffee bar over there? And, mm-hmm. and he loved it. And oh, so cool. I was like, well, okay, we could do something. It's a <laughs> unique spot. I think it's going to be a challenge to get people there. And then I went to a place in Minneapolis called Angry Catfish, I think. Angry Catfish, there's like an intelligentsia coffee shop inside a bike shop. Oh, I mean, nice. It's a really cool little place mm-hmm. and, a, and a cool community they'd created. And I thought, okay, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're definitely not downtown Minneapolis, <laughs> but yeah. it's possible. Uh-huh. And it answered a big problem for me because like I developed a brand new espresso I was really proud Mm -hmm. of but I can only do so much to once I sell it to a coffee shop yeah I want them to do it in a certain way a specific (laughs) way but they don't always necessarily do that Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of up to them in the end I can offer as much training as I want but um, yeah so it wasn't always like representing my brand in the best way so this was a really big opportunity for that so we partnered up and then um 
business is funny and weird and awkward sometimes. <laughs> and just so, like a relationship. <laughs> just, yeah, it is. And uh, and fortunately, I've not lost any friends through through business. Um, it's always been really cool and cordial and stuff. But he sold his shares to some other people I I, I still know and love, and um, and then they eventually decided to to leave as well. So it's now just me doing mm. doing the business and. Uh, I'm learning every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. And that's funny because for me, looking back at the start, for me to start a coffee shop or to run a coffee shop is laughable. Sure. You know? <laughs> but I've learned a lot in that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's in like eight years that I've been doing this now. Mm-hmm. And so now I think I think we've got a, a small but really good team and uh, and we're dangerous, so I'm I'm yeah. excited about that. And now you're in a different location. You're at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned from having a coffee shop versus like the roasting side? Well, immediately it answered that big prayer that I'd had at the beginning, which was I want a team. Sure. And so it was that. Imme- I mean, just by having that, you needed a team. Mm-hmm. Just that's part of the the startup. And so yeah. we had people who were bought in. We'd have weekly meetings. I could tell them what we're up to and mm-hmm. uh, from the roasting side. And so it was just like, it wasn't the same, but it, but, but we kind of like merged the two in, in, yeah. in, a, in a way, in, in the feeling of it, I guess. And so that was uh, incredible. And that's, that I think remains my favorite part of business is having that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a great team. But then, I mean, I, I had to learn, boy, retail is... I mean, if you've worked in in retail, like restaurants and stuff, it's just a different <laughs> yeah. animal. It, oh, it's it is. really wild, and yeah, like we get. I, I think I think one of the big challenges is it's one of those areas that people, um, the the loudest voices are the ones who aren't really yes. happy right in <laughs> yes. that moment, and it's really that it's been a challenge for me to always like process those like okay we got a bad review let's look at the review is there mm. like well, let's change what we can something like that but yeah. often it was we'd hear the bad reviews yeah. and we know there's good reviews we know people love yeah. us but yeah. those guys aren't as loud <laughs> you yeah. know they're not always incentivized to leave yep. the five star review um and so and so not listening to those voice like just being cautious about which voices we let in the room yes you know yeah. and, and that was a big lesson learned mm-hmm. I've heard that like if someone has a good experience with your product they tell one person if someone has a bad experience they tell like 10 oh no <laughs> you know and that's that's yeah. why it's louder is yep. you know it's something about anger that just makes yeah. us go crazy <laughs> yeah and, and I mean I understand that the, the expectation is that I'm going to have an incredible experience and we set yes. that ex- expectation which is, yeah which you should and and unfortunately I mean we don't match up we don't live up to that expectation every time and and for a variety of reasons but I think I think generally we do a really great job and and, and don't let that happen but mm-hmm. when it does I think and and might meet someone on the wrong day that they just will feel a little bit yeah. vindicated if well people need their coffee people People need their coffee. So. <laughs> I know, and so if it's if it's less than, I think people are really excited to do to leave a bad review. But yeah. after learning that, I, I've never been a big review lever anyway. But I just won't. I, even if I have a terrible experience somewhere, yeah. um, and maybe it's justified, I just don't leave that because I, I know what it does to a business. Yeah, <laughs> or at least the conscious of a business owner. I, I don't. Yeah. They don't need that. <laughs> They're working True. hard. Yeah. So one thing I've personally admired about Mighty Mo is the 
kind of culture that you've built or like the community aspect of it. Um, was that strategic? Is that a part of your core values? I guess how, how has that pushed you to yeah. be more involved in the community? Yeah. Um, very strategic. It, it is very important to, to start that way. Mm-hmm. Um, first, because I, I feel like starting a business is, is like you're striving a lot, which isn't a, it's a precarious place to live. Yeah. And, and so you're striving so much that I was like, if this isn't helping other people, then what am I really doing here? Because like, you know, there's other ways to make a, an okay living, you know, a marginal (laughs) living easier, you know? So if this is helping other people on a local and uh, larger scale, then I could sleep at night, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And so that was really important to, to start that way. And so it's always been like the coffee has to do something more than just, uh, you know, try to fix Brian Jackson's dream, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and that's been that's been important. And I think it's still um a work in progress to to get the the community side together and um and and part of that is just still to be people's favorite coffee. I think that they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of tied together yeah. in that way, but um we're always kind of adapting and changing to to you know what the opportunities in the market are so that we can be a socially responsible business. So mm-hmm. an example would be we have a an online subscription service so people can go online and, and set their um, their schedule, what kind of coffee they want, and, and we'll get it to them. And what we did right away was we asked people to select, we had like a list of 10 charities, like local charities oh. and, and mm-hmm. worldwide charities. And you could pick that. And then once a quarter, like every season, uh, our team's going to get together and do some goofy little like uh, North Dakota style challenge. So nice. uh, JC, a barista, and I went to goal robber hockey schools and <laughs> neither of us are hockey players. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> and got decked out in, in uh, goalie gear and oh had God. like a shootout. <laughs> and so against JC and against me, but she drew yeah. a name of a customer who was representing like Bloodwater Mission, okay. um, and I drew a name for someone else doing something else, and mm-hmm. and then the winner uh, in the end would get like this is for, you know, th- this this represents like ten people getting clean water for life, you know that oh, sure. that kind of thing through those mm-hmm. organizations. Yeah. But recently we decided, you know, that's all well and good, but as this as this side of the business, the subscription side is growing, only one person wins. And so now we've changed it. We've retroactively taken everyone's subscriptions since the beginning mm-hmm. and donated 10% to the uh, the missions that they've selected. Oh, awesome. And so now every month you're, you're going to get an email that says, thanks to your subscription, you have, you know, saved four litters of puppies or oh. whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. And we've kind of quantified that so that people can see the change that they're making. Mm-hmm. And that I think is like the critical piece for for me yeah in in doing a business so it's it's very mm-hmm. important and and um very strategic but we're still like adapting and changing to make it sure you know Find valuable works. yeah helpful. and i'm sure the team can take pride in that too knowing that they work for a business that believes in those things i think so and the, the challenge for me is is always you know the the pr side or the marketing of that is you know we don't want to like hey we're the we're the do good company or whatever. <laughs> and I, I haven't, uh, 
in, in interviews and stuff, I haven't really strayed away from the, the faith side of, of my, my faith experience through this. Cause it's, I don't sure. think you can really parse those two, but we don't want to be the, you know, the marketing of, we don't want to be the Christian sure. coffee company. Yeah. <laughs> Christian is just a marketing term if it's not used for oh, a person, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So, so all of that, it's, it's very delicate. So yeah. getting the word out is still the challenging piece because we, sure. we don't want it ever to look like, Hey, we're patting ourselves on the back, Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we want to be, we want it to just be like part of yeah, the, but you're proud of, of the it business. too. So yeah, 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 very much so. Yeah. So you've been in business for, cause it started in 2014. So I started roasting in 2012. 12. Okay. Yikes. So you're going on eight years. Yep. What have been some of your biggest wins? Um, biggest wins, I think right away that, that big win, which was like, you're on the right track, which was just, I didn't, I could not have by my own ability gotten, <laughs> gotten coffee in, uh, those retailers, which spurred sure. the whole thing on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then the the single greatest I think is the team that we have. I I think that the team members that we have have become my personal friends, mm-hmm. which is like they say you know the best way to lose a friend is to go into business with them. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the best ways to make a friend is through business as well. I think like you yeah. kind of work together in that way. So, mm-hmm. so I think the, the 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 team building aspect is the big win. Nice. Yeah. So what's next for my misery? Um, that's a great question. Everything that I've done, because there's two businesses, the roaster is a separate thing oh, and, sure. the, and the coffee shops are their separate thing and, and everything is, is done with, uh, scalability in mind. Mm-hmm. So we want to expand those, but with COVID, I mean, we've really pivoted on a lot of things. It's all about sure. online and drive-thrus, you yep, know, yep. and we've learned those lessons over and over again. And so, um, we have new, um, uh, fundraising opportunities for people during this time that's completely digital. You know, mm-hmm. they can just go on our website, use their code, and um, those types of things. The subscription thing we're really pushing. Yeah. And we're always looking for a new space, you know, yeah. uh, to, to expand. That That's always the goal. So Cool. Well, yeah. I'm excited for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you have, because I'm, I'm a business owner, so I'm just curious, as you're making these decisions to scale, do you have a mentor or, um, you know, advisors yeah. that you've kind of connected with? Over the years, I have. Um, that's actually one of my, my the bigger uh, desires I have right mm-hmm. now is kind of like um, a, a mentor who's been through it. You know, because sure. I always, I always tend to. I'm sure they're they're out there, and, uh, and there's been people who have been really, really gracious and kind to me, and helpful. <laughs> but but to have that, you know, I'm always kind of afraid that I'm I'm treading on the. Well, we're friends, and we can have coffee, and you can ask for mm. advice, but you could also pay me to do that. You know, sure, so sure. I'm always nervous about about that. But um, um, so there's been a lot of help, yes, but mm-hmm. not like any. Um, main characters who okay. uh, who I like. Hey, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> so if <laughs> you're listening, and that yeah, sounds hey, like a good fit. <laughs> yeah, if you like if you like me, <laughs> I would love free to, coffee for life. Free I coffee for life. We could make it happen. <laughs> oh man! So maybe looking back to you know you as a kid and the paintballing business, is there any advice you would give yourself now? Oh yeah, that's. A I'm good sure question. there's several things. Yeah, but. I'm sure, man. That would be quite a conversation. Because um, <laughs> I was a goon, I still am. But uh, but I I think I think um, not taking yourself too seriously is is an important lesson learned through all of this. And I've just mm-hmm. always kind of I've always been like humorous and like that that humor is a, is an important 
piece of my life, but I, I still like get in my head too much and take things too personally. And sure. it's just something that's, that's always, always a challenge. But, um, you know, there'd be, I think the business, like I just took it so seriously right away and it's, it's important to take seriously, of course, but, um, every little thing, like take it personally, you know, yeah. That, well, yeah, to separate it's hard. Yeah. You can't do that as a business owner and there is no separation, you know, 5 PM ends, you're still getting emails, you're still getting <laughs> calls. Yeah. So that's a real big challenge, but, um, you know, don't worry about the, the small stuff because it's yeah. just, it's just small. It's just but, small. Yeah. And, and the things that I lost sleep about at the beginning, mm-hmm. like, ah, that was just little. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> All right. So our final question is always, what is one thing you wish you were really good at but aren't? And then how do you work around it? I, I think there's there's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of things that I wish I did a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> um and and from a business perspective, it was like clearly, I could have known a little bit more about business sure. before going into this, yeah. like diving headfirst. So I, when I started, I was I was naive enough to start, you know, and so that that I think for better was and worse. helpful for better <laughs> and worse because I think going back and talking to myself before, yeah. I could have talked myself out of it oh, yeah. as well, you know, yeah. if um, if only I had known. But but that at least. Uh, caused me to to jump in mm-hmm. you know so so there there's a there's some business side of of uh of what I'm doing that would have been nice to have some background you know and then how do you kind of work around it are you learning about business now or what's that like trial by fire has been <laughs> has been historically like and the nice thing is I was able to to fail a lot and mm-hmm. I was able to fail quietly because I was small enough sure. you know so none of those things were devastating mm-hmm. it's like well that didn't work and no one really needs to know about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and uh and so i think that's that's been a, a blessing but i i think i mean uh as soon as i had started a business the 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 it was really humbling because the things that i didn't know were glaring i mean they were they were big and so sure. my confidence was kind of like shattered straight off but uh yeah. you know rebuilding that and mm-hmm. uh reaching out to good people cuz there's a lot of good people and and you've interviewed many of them you know <laughs> so so that's cool yeah awesome well thanks for taking the time to kind of share the behind the scenes look of mighty mo my pleasure thank you <laughs> till next time absolutely Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Make Well Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe wherever podcasts are found. If you'd like to learn more about the Make Well community or get connected, you can visit wearemakewell.com or at wearemakewell on Instagram. All right, we'll see you next time, friends.